0: if you think different you need to change your thinking amen I mean I'm so glad God didn't make one star out there in the whole expanse of the universe you out there let's go out and look at the star amen ah one grain on the uh, sand on the beach let's go out and play in the one grain of sand listen God's big he's a big God he 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 thinks big. He he wants to do big things. We're the ones that, you know, cause it to be time it gets through us, it's it's a little bitty. Think big. Amen. Well, we know this. Jesus was the incarnation of God's love to humanity, wasn't he? He was love incarnate. And so today as we talk about Becoming like Him and being like Jesus. We will talk about loving like Jesus. Loving like Jesus. And I know, man, you talk about setting the bar high. You can't get any higher than that, can you? But you know what? I'd rather, like the guy used to say, I'd rather shoot for the stars and hit the moon than shoot for the dirt in front of me. So maybe maybe it's going to take us. Well, it will take us some time to get there. But you know, we have to... We have to shoot for the big thing. Jesus said that, that we are to seek to emulate Him. Well, if, we can, if, if we're commanded to love and to seek like God did, then that means that we have that capacity, that, that some of us may actually reach that goal. And, you know, and if most of us get close to it, it's still going to revolutionize our families, our city, and the world. Amen? Absolutely. So Jesus was love incarnate, and He took on the fashion of humanity, and love bore, what, our sin, our punishment, our shame. I mean, love says, take me instead of them. Boy, you know, that's not natural. You know, that's not a a human-type love, is it? Because human love will go to a certain degree, but I'm telling you, it reaches a point where you say, take them, not me. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. You know it's true. You're flesh. But the love of God will lay down its life. The love of God will give without uh, co- complaining, without grumbling. The love of God. Of course, we know this. Romans 5, 5 says that the love of God has been what? Shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So we who are born again children of God, the love of God is in there. Amen? But here's the thing about the things of of the kingdom. The things of the kingdom do not work based on feelings. They work based on your will. Amen. I will believe. I will trust. I will love. I will give. Not I feel. I'm going to tell you, feelings will get you in a mess. Amen. Feelings will drag you out somewhere. You don't want to be, amen. So d- remember that. Yeah, you don't. You say, somebody because we talk about this. So, yeah, but I just don't feel that. Ain't got anything to do with that. It's it's about you will love. There's love in me. God's love is in me, so I will love with that love, amen. <laughs> Thank you for your enthusiasm, <laughs> amen. Well, let's turn to a very familiar scripture to start with, John's Gospel three sixteen. I bet everybody can quote it. But you know what? It is, without a doubt could very well be the greatest single verse in the whole of scripture. Think about this. Look at it as we read it. For God so loved the world. Boy, what if it just had a period right there and stopped? For God so loved the world. What if it just stopped right there? I mean, what would, what would that mean? I mean, how would we know that He... I mean, how would we have any idea what does that mean? If it stopped right there. If it had a period right there. God so loved the world, period. I mean, how would we know what that... What does that... How would we know how much He loved us? What does that love look like? How would we know? But see, because it continues on, we get an, we get an understanding of what God's love is, how great it is, and who it is who His love is focused upon. God so loved the world... That he gave his one and only son. Wow, that's heavy. Excuse me for going back to my early days, but you know, in the 70s we used to say things were heavy. Man, it's heavy, man. In other words, that's 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 strong. That's big. That's grand. That's awesome. That's it's heavy, heavy dude. <laughs> Amen. That whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now, all of that has to do with the love of God. The reason that, that now I, I have something that I can exercise my will to believe in is because God loved me to such a degree. The reason I now have eternal life is because God loved me to such a degree. Amen? Amen? Man, I'm glad God didn't love me to, you know, okay, everybody's going to get two weeks in paradise, and after that, <laughs> Amen. I'm glad he didn't love us that little bit. You know, and then if you were extra special, you, you might get, you know, a month. I'm glad he said, have eternal life. Quality and quantity. Amen. When I get to heaven, I ain't expecting to go nowhere else except the new earth. New heaven and the new earth. That's going to be my abode. <laughs> Amen. But this is this is because what? God loved. God loved. So we want to love like Jesus loved. So we see here, as soon as it says that God loved, he gave. Jesus so loved, he gave his life, didn't he? Listen, you think he felt like going to the cross? Go back and read over there in Gethsemane when Jesus was in Gethsemane. That sound like to you a prayer, somebody that was just, you know, happy about it? Oh, we got a sacrifice. I feel so good about it. No, what did he, he prayed over there? Didn't he? he said, "Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass." I mean, he he was sweating drops of blood. That don't sound like to me. He was just having a big old party. Well, you know, if the Lord makes me willing, I'll do it. You big lug. <laughs> Whatever that is. But you know, no. It, Jesus said, "Nevertheless, not my will." but your will. So love, even with Jesus, when he gave his life, when he went to the cross, it wasn't because he had just terrifically wonderful, warm, happy feelings about going and getting those big spikes driven through him. No, but what he so loved. Somebody said it wasn't just the spikes that held him to the cross. It was his love. It was his love. Amen? If you will, look over to John 15. So if Jesus loved to the degree that he laid down his life, if I'm going to love like Jesus, that means that to some degree, I'm going to have to lay down my life. Not because I feel like it. Not because it's convenient. Not, be, you know, not because my feelings are saying, yip yippee. Usually my feelings are saying just the Opposite can't we sleep another hour my flesh don't want to pray your flesh want to pray my flesh don't want to pray I know your flesh really wants to fast it wants to do that all time don't it you know no <laughs> our our flesh listen our feelings in our flesh that that you know if if they're controlling you I'm going to tell you what the love of God's not controlling you it absolutely is not isn't it true and So here in John 15, verse 13, well, let's back up to 12. My command is this, love each other as I've loved you. Now, you cannot command a feeling. You can't command a feeling. You can't tell me, feel good. You can't command that. So this is why I know that the love of God is not based in feelings. It's based in my will, a decision I make. Otherwise, how could He command? You can't command a feeling. I command you, fall in love with this person. You can't do it. It doesn't work that way with the feelings, with the emotions. But see, if we live out of our spirit where God is dwelling, where His love is, then He says, here's what I want you to do. He said, I'm commanding you, love one another. Then He goes on to amplify, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Now you, someone has said this, and there's some truth in it. He said, it's easier sometimes, I think, to lay down your life one time than it is to lay it down daily. You know, Paul said, I die daily. You know, dying one time is hard, but dying, you know, a bunch of (laughs) times. But, you know, that's what happens. You know, I have to die to my flesh. I have to die to my feelings. I have to die to my convenience. Because a lot of times when God asks us to love somebody, it's not convenient. A lot of times they're not lovable as we think of emotions, are they? They're not like me, Lord. (laughs) Wasn't that the Pharisees' problem? They wanted to squeeze everybody to be just like them. So we lay down our lives like He did. That means what? Unconditional love. Human love is not unconditional. Natural human love, based on our emotions and feelings, it's not unconditional. You know, human love, when it's done wrong, boy, it can turn sideways in a hurry can it? It can get bitter. It can get angry. It can get vindictive. I mean, human love can be corrupted very easily. All you got to do is do something that I don't like. (laughs) Amen. So it's unconditional. God's love is unconditional. We love people, not because they do everything right, not because they're just like us, not because, you know, we feel comfortable with them. Come on. We love one because God commanded us to love. The love of God is in us. And I choose, I will love you with an unconditional love from the love that God's put in my heart. Amen. That means I'm going to believe the best of you. Amen. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to be quick to forgive you 70 times 7 in one day. You know that ain't human love. That takes God love, doesn't it? Unconditional love. And so Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples because you have gifts of the Holy Ghost working in you. Because you you got caught up into the third heaven. Because you had a vision. None of that stuff. uh, Man, if God wills that for you, I hope you get it all. But that's not what Jesus said, is it? He said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples because you have love one for another. And see, you know, have you ever heard of a church split because we love someone so much? Man, I'm telling you, they had so much love over in that church, they did just split. Half of them, you know, went one way and half of them went the other. Man, you ever seen such love? Come on. No. Unconditional means what? We're going to forgive one another. That means what? The devil and the flesh and the world cannot drive a wedge to separate us. Not from God and not from one another. And listen, when are we going to understand that it is the unity of the body of Christ? That is where the power is. And what does the world and the devil seek to do continually? Get us into strife. I don't like the color of your skin. I don't like, the you know, the way you dress. I don't like, you know, uh, I don't agree with the way you think what a baptism ought to be. I don't, you know, whatever it is. I don't agree with the color of the carpet. I've, I've heard a church splits over the, is anything more asinine? The color of the carpet, what difference does it matter? Listen, I preached in places they'd been happy, happy to have carpet. They had dirt. Come on. Unconditional love. You know, that, you know what that means? That means forgiving. Yeah, but I don't feel like it. That, you got to get over that or you're never going to go make any advancements spiritually. I, I'm telling you, nine times out of ten, if you act against your feelings, you're probably right. Come on. You forgive people. Who who ever felt like forgiving somebody? Not me. I didn't feel like it, especially at the moment. I want to give one of them roundhouses. You know, (laughs) not really, but you know. But but we we you know, you know we want at least you know, hold on to that hurt for at least an hour or two. Let it percolate a little bit. I mean, after all. Then, not only forgiving, but forbearing. Doggone, they did it again. I mean, it was, I mean, I, Lord, I, I mean, I was really being big. I forgave them the first time. But, doggone, they did it again. They did it again. <laughs> That's called forbearance. As we say in the South, putting up with. We're putting up with our imperfections, our faults, our shortcomings. Hello. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm, you know, I've heard people tell me, I'm going to go find that New Testament church. I'm, I'm going to find that, man, I, well, I'm going to find the right church. You know, and you want to tell them, well, if you do, don't go there because you'll mess it up. <laughs> Amen. Love doesn't separate us. Love joins us together. Love binds us together. Love holds us together. The love of God does. Because if you do something wrong, I'm going to forgive you. If you do it again, I'm going to forbear. Hello. Thank you for your enthusiasm. And then I'm going to show kindness like him. You know, wouldn't wouldn't you like to meet a Christian that was kind? might put him in the Smithsonian or her in the Smithsonian. They got a, got a special place in the Smithsonian, a kind Christian. I mean, Christians, sometimes Christians can be, I mean, they can be so judgmental. They can be so critical. They can be so, you know what I'm talking about. But today, see, if we're going to be like him, well, we got to let the love of God rule us. Listen, I could be just as mean as anybody. Don't, I'm not judging anybody, but if I don't let the love of God rule me, I can be just as, just as petty, just as mean as anybody. Well, at could be that tone of voice. So for, for bearing for we're talking about love like Jesus. This is how Jesus loved. Amen. You know, they brought the woman caught in adultery. He didn't pick up a rock with the Pharisees. Serves you right. You know, I understand if the world wants to judge people, but the problem is, it's the church. A lot of times, sometimes I've found, sometimes the world's more forgiving than the church is. Then we want to get up on Sunday and raise our hand. Oh, the love of Jesus. You know, <laughs> look at Ephesians. I agree. Oh, my goodness. Ephesians 4. <laughs> I love and embers responses those are good keep it up love love listen we love like Jesus and you know love God's love is about action not words alone it is about words but it's more than words it's more than words it's love in action let's look over here at Ephesians real quickly Ephesians 4 we're going to pick it up at about oh about verse uh 30 there He's writing to spirit-filled Christians, the church at Ephesus. He's not writing to the world. He's writing to people like you and me. Got it? Okay, here we go. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now, he's going to tell us, how do we grieve the Spirit of God? Get rid of all bitterness. Well, they did me wrong. I was sick and the pastor didn't even come see me. You get you get a, you get bitterness. You get a hurt. Or you take up somebody else's hurt. Because they call you on the call you on the phone and say, I was sick, the pastor didn't come see me. So you take up, you know, you get bitter with them. Rass a fras a fras fras pastor. <laughs> Or it could be another brother or sister in the body. Come on. Listen, this is how the enemy works. Then we come up here and we're having corporate prayer, and half's mad at the other half. You think anything's going to get done? We might as well stay at home and watch bananas on TV. At least you might have got entertained. Come on. If we're not careful, we get religious. See, religion will get, make you mean, mean-spirited, judgmental, critical. All right, let me get back here. See, get rid of all bitterness. You want, I want the Holy Spirit to move at Passion Church, don't you? When we come together, I want the Holy Spirit to move. I want him to have his liberty, his way, his purpose, his power to touch lives, to change lives. People saved. Now, but i want to tell you what. If he's grieved, because you got a mad on, somebody did you wrong. Welcome to the body of Christ, and the human race. He said, rage and anger. Well, I'm mad. Tell you, I'm I'm mad. You coming for prayer? No, I'm mad. (laughs) Wow, look at this brawling. Wow. I salute you guys. We haven't had to break up a brawl here since I pastored it. Man, these guys were brawling. (laughs) So, you know, you're ahead of these guys. <laughs> Whew, I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm not young as I used to be. I don't know if I could break it up. Some of you, y'all, look like y'all could run over me going to a fight. <laughs> Brawling, slander, every form of malice. He's writing to spirit filled believers. He said, these are the things that grieve. This is what grieves the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit grieves you know what that means he doesn't move he doesn't do anything he doesn't lay hold together with us in the work and if he don't lay hold together with his brothers and sisters let's just close shop now and go home because if you think I've got some kind of magic wand or potion that's going to make this thing work you better think again It's going to be the Holy Spirit working in us and through us, all of us. If if it's not done that way, it's not going to be done. And if we don't learn to love like Jesus, listen, the enemy will see to it that somewhere along the way, there's going to be a wedge driven in there that's going to grieve the Holy Spirit. And we can get up here and pray and cry and cry and pray and pray and cry and cry and pray and pray and cry and cry and, cry and pray, but it ain't going to do any good until we get that right. <laughs> Be kind and compassionate to one another. Have you ever been the recipient of kindness and compassion? Oh, man. Didn't it? it, it woo wasn't it good oh man especially when uh, you didn't deserve it but you sure did need it you've been there I have I didn't deserve it but I sure did need it kindness and compassion toward one another toward the people uh, at your workplace just be kind and compassionate leave all the judging to God it's a whole lot easier Because once you start down the road of judgment, I'm telling you what, it gets easier to judge, but it's harder to discern. Because you don't know what's in people's hearts. You don't know what they've gone through. You don't know what they're facing. You don't know where they're at. Who are you to judge? And especially another Christian. Paul made it real clear over there in Romans 14. He said, who are you to judge another man's servant? He said, God is able to make him or her stand. You, it's not your judgment that makes them stand or not. It's God that causes His servant. So we're not going to judge another servant. You know what? I'm going to be forgiving. I'm going to be forbearing. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be compassionate. I said it before. I'll say it again. If we're going to err on anything, I'd rather err on loving the God kind of love too much, which you can't, but I'd rather do that. I'd rather stand before God and so, say, you know, you just forgave too much, you know? It's not likely to happen, but, you know, it's a goal to shoot for. <laughs> Amen. Forgiving each other. How? Just as in Christ God forgave you. Anybody been forgiven anything by God? Ooh. Well, he said that's the same way you forgive everybody else. How, how, much are, how many of your sins did he forgive? So how many should you forgive? Listen to this, follow God's example, becoming like Jesus, be like Jesus. Follow His example. I do that by decision. I choose to walk in the God kind of love when I choose to be kind, when I choose compassion, when I choose to forgive instead of retribution, when I choose to forbear, when I choose to have patience, when I choose to speak words of love and not criticism. I'm walking in love. You're walking in love. That's walking in love. Yeah, but I do that. I don't, I don't, I don't well, your flesh, your flesh ain't going to feel good because your flesh don't want to do that. Your flesh wants to give them a piece of your mind, which you can't afford. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Maybe you can. I don't know said, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. A fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. You know, when you walk in love this way, that it becomes a spiritual sacrifice that comes up and is well-pleasing to God. When you forgive, it's a sacrifice that comes up before God. It's well-pleasing. When you walk in kindness and compassion, it's a fragrant offering that comes up to God. He says, you see my daughter? Man, that's my boy there. That's my girl. Yeah, it's a, it's a sweet-smelling savor. But when we get all, mm, God's saying, well, that's my boy, but he still needs to grow some. <laughs> Aren't you glad? Think about that. When you walk in love, it, it becomes a sacrifice that is a fragrant and sweet smelling thing to God wow you know you're never more spiritual when you're walking in love I don't care if you're speaking in tongues 90 hours a week if you don't walk in love what Paul say it's like a clanging and gong and a sounding cymbal amen walking in love Walking in love. Words of kindness and encouragement. Faith building words. Listen, build people's faith up. Build people's faith up. Yeah, but I'm telling you what. They've been stuck in the same spot for 20 years. Well, maybe you've been helping them. What have you been speaking over them? You know, when you're home in the living room. I know what you're saying at church. Hey, brother, God bless you. But at home, man, you got out the you got out the shredder. <laughs> come on, let's speak. Do you know that your words you speak about people in, in in you know in your living room is just as powerful as words you speak here in this building? See people get, see they come to this. Oh, we're going to church. No, the church is coming to this building. Amen the church is coming to this building that's not the church it's just a building where the church meets faith building works. demonstrable acts of love you know what James said over there he said if you see a brother or sister in need and you say go be warmed and filled but yet you don't do anything to help them he He called that faith that is D-O-D dead on delivery dead faith why because faith works by love no love Faith ain't got any animation. There's nothing to animate faith without love. Faith works by love. When you walk in love, you're releasing faith because you do it by faith, not by feeling. Demonstrable acts of love. Isn't that what Jesus did? You know? He healed the sick. He fed the hungry. He gave to the poor. Didn't He? He did all kinds of things. He forgave sins. He, did, uh, and he said the, the works that I do you do them too see we want to jump right over there and raise the dead first first start out by just doing some demonstrable acts of love how about helping the poor then we'll work on raising the dead amen so, so, you know, start, where, start where you can start where your faith's at and then you can work on up to that but start, start there yeah, pray for people that are sick. Do that. You know, but let's do some of those before we get to the, you know, raising the dead. You know, hey, I'm not against that. I'm just saying, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to get a spiritual hernia. You know, you're trying to lift more than you're able to bear. Now, Ray, here they own a the gym. I mean, you have to watch some people that want to come in there and they ain't been working out and they want to put a bunch of weight on there. They're going to hurt themselves, aren't they, Ray? So you got to watch out. Same thing's true spiritually. You want to jump out there and do some big thing. Wait a minute. See, this is why I know when people say, boy, I tell you, if God gave me a million dollars, I'd give a hundred thousand. I know you wouldn't because you can't let go of the dollar. (laughs) If you can't let go of the dollar, I know you ain't going to let go of no hundred thousand. You're going to be looking at that and you're going to say, boy, that's a lot of zeros. Woo, what I could do with that money. Man, oh, man. Think about the bass boat I could buy with that thing. Boy, I could buy me one of them, woo a pickup truck like you ain't never seen. All the bells and whistles. All right, love fashions us into servants. Real quickly, I've got to begin to close. Look in Philippians. Again, a familiar scripture. Love. When we begin to walk in love like Jesus, we love like Jesus, we're walking in love like Jesus did, you know what? You're going to become a servant. People that are struggling with serving, I want to tell you, it's not a serving problem you have. It's a walking in love, the love of God problem you have. See, my flesh is selfish. Thank you for looking so holy. My flesh is selfish. It wants what it wants. It wants what's comfortable. it wants what's pleasing to it. It wants its needs met first and second and third. <laughs> amen. I mean that's it I have to keep my flesh under same as you. I'm telling you the, the anointing for to be uh, on a pastor doesn't help him keep his flesh under. it's not for that. I have to keep it under just like you do. And the best way to do that's walk in love. Philippians 2. Let's begin with verse 3. we read a few verses here. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition. Again, he's writing to spirit-filled believers. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Now, I'm going to tell you what. That, you can only do that by walking in the love of God. Because the flesh wants to holler, what about me? Especially as soon as God tells you to put somebody else first. (laughs) It's all about me, Jesus. Remember that song? Brethren, humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. Do you have any idea what's going on in other people's lives here at Passion Church? Are we so insulated, so isolated? That we don't know what's going on. It's one of the reasons, you know, uh, we 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 want to have small groups. I mean, you, got, yeah, I mean, you're sitting here, you're all facing, you're looking at me. But what? How does that help you know what's going on? And see, they they may be smiling, maybe be nodding their head at the message and amen. But you don't know what to face. He said. He said, as a servant, he said, the love of God. He said, we we begin to find out what's going on with other people's lives at least you could know enough to pray he said in your relationships with one another he's talking about the church have the same mindset as Christ Jesus now he's going to tell us what that mindset was that even though he is in the very nature of God well I'm a child of God I'm, I'm telling you I'm a deacon I'm a bishop I'm a whatever. Come on. Well, he was God. So his god trumps your bishop. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> i ain't gone to meddling now, haven't I? <laughs> Come on. Did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. If God calls you. It gifts you in a certain way. It calls you to a certain type of ministry. It's not so everybody can go, wow, aren't you wonderful. Wow, aren't you just great, greatest things since sliced bread. No, that, means, that just means you get to serve. You get to serve. It's so that you can serve. See, that's what I'm doing. I'm serving you up a meal. I prepared this meal. You didn't. I'm serving it up to you. Not only that, but it, there are many ways that we can serve. He said, rather, he made himself nothing. See, you can't serve as long as you're something. You just can't. I, I mean, you know, boy, I'd like to help, but you know, man, that's just... Clean the bathroom? I don't even clean the bathroom at my house. <laughs> as a matter of fact, I do. Clean the bathroom at my house. Just so you know. I do. I've cleaned the bathroom in the church, and I will again if I need to. But here's the thing if you're something, if there's anything that is beneath you, then there's something of the flesh that still needs to be put under. And the only way to do that is the love of God. You walk in love. I choose to walk in love. Jesus, He's showing us what love will what kind of servant. A love will produce he said he t- took on the nature of certain being made in human likeness and found in an appearance of a man he humbled himself he humbled himself well I'm just waiting for God I'm praying that God will humble me well you'll be praying from now to the time you go be with the Lord because you have to humble yourself He humbled himself and became obedient. How you know when you've humbled yourself, you become obedient. To death. Uh, everybody jumped and shouted on that one. Even death on the cross. Amen." And then he goes on and said, "Therefore God highly exalted him." So here's the thing: if, if fashion, love fashions us into a service, we look out for the interest of others, not just ourselves, love empowers our humility. The only way you can walk in humility is to walk in the love of God. Amen? I mean, do you enjoy cleaning toilets? Boy, I can't get a response out of nobody, can I? Oh, yeah. This smell is just wonderful. No. You do it, why? Because you love. Whatever it is that you do, you do it because you love. I know, excuse me for getting real practical, but you know, I hear it it is. And it's not, I'm not just talking about here at the church. I'm talking about it's your house. Not just this house, but your house. You need to practice love. That's where you need to be practicing the most, is at your house, because if you practice it there, you'd be practicing it here. But see, if I don't see you practicing it here, I know you ain't doing it at home, because you're trying to impress us. I didn't just fall off the turnip truck yesterday. I mean, I didn't get this thin hair and these gray hairs for nothing. I've been around a little while. And I've been a part of the body of Christ for a while, too. But see, you, you're trying to impress me. But I know this. If, you know, if you're not serving here, you're not serving your family at home either. Come on. You're not schizoid. You don't suddenly flip a switch and become holy when you go home. Humility. At least somebody's enjoying this. Humility enables our service. Love empowers our humility. And then humility is what enables us to serve. Yeah, I'll stack the chair. Yeah, I'll come up here on work day. Yeah, I'll come up here. Oh, at home? Yeah, hey, you know what, hon? I'll I'll cook supper tonight. That is, if you can cook. Now, if you can't cook, that might not. You might need to take some lessons. Find something you can cook and cook that once in a while. Give her a break, amen? love values and does not use others if you use others you're not loving them love values it does not use others it values others it esteems others i remember that christ died for you amen and see a lot of times, my value is based on the estimation of my my reasoning and my flesh. Oh, too much to them. Yeah, I know you've never done that, but when I was early on, there were people I made judgments like that, Now, I didn't speak it out, but I still made it. And then I, I mean, they went, on, man, they were they were stalwart for God. They did great works for God." And boy, you know, I was in that old repenting closet. I know you ain't got one, but I got one. It's also also my prayer closet. (laughs) It serves a a dual function there. (laughs) So we love others. So let me give you some action points real quickly here. Let me ask you first of all, and this is a question, ask yourself, be honest and ask yourself this, answer this. He said, does God's love govern me? At home in my relationships and you know at work with my relationships there with my brothers and sisters does God's love govern me because you won't get anywhere until you're honest with yourself well, I was like one brother said many years ago he said he said he said we judge others by their actions and ourselves by our intentions if you judge yourself by your intentions, you always come out looking really good, better than everybody else. But how do you know you're judging them that their intentions are not just as good as your intentions? Because you can't see their intentions. Isn't that right? So here's the thing. Does God's love govern me? Secondly, how am I expressing God's love to others? Remember we said it's not only in words, but it's in demonstrable acts. There might be somebody you know that you need to go to And you need to repent. Say, you know what? I judged you, and that was wrong. That wasn't the love of God. That was my flesh. And I want you to forgive me, and I want you to know I've forgiven you. Oh, it gets quiet when you talk about it. Boy, if I was talking about God blessing your pocketbook, you'd be shouting. (laughs) Then thirdly, begin to acknowledge and allow God's love to change your attitude and your actions. If you begin to act in love, it will begin to affect your attitude. Now, not at first, because at first, you've been so used to doing what your flesh wants to do. Come on. Mm. Going back to that church. How many people are out there because what they got hurt? Nobody's saying you didn't get hurt. But rather than responding in the love of God, we respond in our emotions in our feelings. And the devil, I mean, he's had victory upon victory because he did just what he wanted to do. He wanted to separate. He wants to separate. He wants to get this part talking about that part and this part talking about that part. That's what, you know, strife is the antithesis of love. Love believes the best of everyone. Strife believes the worst of everyone. You ever gotten strife over love? Forgive you. Well I'm mad about it. <laughs> Let me help you, brother. No. Strife comes because what? We get we get we I see that speck in your eye there. Yeah.